Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hi. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles, and I hope you're having a great day as well, no matter where in the world that you're listening to this program. My business has also been terrific over the last couple of weeks, and uh, despite all those issues in Europe, I have a strong feeling that the economy, well, here in the US at least, is about to turn around. But before I start on the show, I want to emphasize just a couple of things about the show. Firstly, this show is all about helping small business, companies with one to maybe a couple of hundred staff. It's all about you. It's not about me. Secondly, I'm going to talk about what you want me to talk about, not what I want to talk about. So I want this to be a straight talking, no bullshit business radio program. You and I are both going to tell it like it is. I won't get pissed off at you. And I hope that you won't get pissed off at me. Having just said that I'm not going to talk about myself, I am going to give you a bit of my background just so that you know who you're listening to. As you've probably gathered by now, I'm an Aussie. I've lived in Los Angeles for the past 25 years and I've been working around the globe as a a troubleshooter with big corporates and SMEs addressing all sorts of business and marketing issues. I've also given over 1,500 speeches and training workshops for all sorts of businesses in 53 countries and I include among those 91 Fortune 500s. So I want this program to be all about helping your business to be more profitable. I want to give everyone the tips and the secrets that I've learned from years of working at the coalface and that successful people already know. I think we'd all agree that every aspect of business is changing very quickly and very dramatically. You know, I get calls from people every day who are spending more on marketing and advertising and complain that they're getting lousy results. And I hate to say this, but a major part of this problem lies with you, the business owners and the managers. Most of you have just not kept up with change or technology. A recent study by Harvard showed that a primary reason for lack of success is that only 11% of business owners or managers have any ongoing learning. That's pathetic. It's really pathetic. You know, I've often given a presentation to a room full of small business owners and not one of them could read a balance sheet. What? They're in the business of running a business watching costs, managing stock and staffing levels, creating marketing and advertising strategies, trying to determine return on investment, and they can't read a balance sheet? They deserve to fail, don't they? You know, I did my degree 40 years ago. Hard to imagine with most people now, but there were no computers, no calculators, no cell phones, and no internet. So, Do you think that if I hadn't have done any ongoing learning since 40 years ago, that that degree would be for any benefit to me today at all? Of course, the answer is no. I've attended lots of courses. I read business books. I listen to business CDs in the car. 
and I go to a lot of seminars. But 89% of business owners or managers don't do any of those things. The reality is that it's impossible for them to succeed. The more things change and the quicker they change, the further behind they get. And it's a tragedy that over 90% of all businesses fail within 10 years. But of the businesses where management have had some marketing training or employer consultant, over 86% of them succeed. So you have to have that expertise. So I'm here to answer your questions and to provide you with simple, easy-to-apply tips that you can implement today and begin to see results tomorrow. Each week, I'll interview a business person who's been successful and get their insights into what really works. You know, I'm not interested in any theories. I'm only interested in practical advice that gets results. Another interview segment every week is about the business of entertainment. Not the front of the camera rubbish you read about in the tabloids, not the Kardashians, but what really makes business of entertainment work. Finally, we wrap up the show with a segment on great business and marketing screw-ups, and I answer emails from some of our listeners. So let's get to the first segment that I think will be of benefit to you, whether you employ 100 people or one person or 1,000 people. Over the years, I've developed 15 keys that I guarantee will make your business successful no matter whether you have a great product or one that is pretty ordinary. Each week, I'll discuss one of these success keys. So my first key to business success and blitzing your competition is to differentiate yourself from your competitors. This is probably the best advice that you'll ever get. Harvard Business School shows that 51 categories of business, 46 of those are commoditized, which means 92% of consumers don't believe there's any difference at all between like products. So if you don't get a Duracell battery, then an ever-ready battery, it's about the same. In your business, a similar situation probably applies. So how does this affect you? Well, let's look at supermarkets. Only 20 years ago or so, 20% of buying decisions were made at point of purchase. People would go in prepared to buy Kraft cheese, Heinz ketchup, and so on. Now they buy cheese and ketchup and the percentage of people who decide what to what brand to buy don't make that decision until they get there. It's about 90%. Therefore, they buy the cheapest product available. So to get sales, you have to discount. And when you discount, you make less profit, you become less competitive, and sooner or later, you either go out of business or someone takes you over. Now, research by PricewaterhouseCoopers shows, though, that when products stand out from their competitors, the rewards are really significant. Only 13% of consumers buy based on price if a company has differentiated its products. And a company that has differentiated its products can charge 15% more than their competitors without losing the sale. So a whopping 87% of people don't buy based on price if you have differentiated your product. So what does that mean? It means that when you differentiate yourself 
and become the first choice of most consumers, you'll make up to double the profit. Equally important, you won't get impacted by price wars. As Siegfried and Roy said once, and I'm trying to remember exactly what they said, but they said something along the lines of, today, it's not enough to be great. Today, you've got to be different. And that applies to business no matter what business you're in. So the big question you must ask yourself is, how do I differentiate my product if it's the same or almost the same as the competitors? Well, it's really not difficult. And there are three simple techniques to enable you to do this. The first is create an emotional consumer purchasing benefit that clearly differentiates you from your competitors. For example, Johnson's baby shampoo says, no more tears. So when a mother goes to buy baby shampoo, she thinks about a a kid with shampoo in their eyes and the kid being crying and being upset. The CPB, no more tears, takes away that fear and is therefore an automatic choice. It doesn't matter if all of the other brands are also saying, no tears shampoo. Johnson's is recalled for making the distinction evident and making it first. Wheaties, their CPB differential is breakfast of champions. So what are you going to feed your kids? The breakfast that will make them champions or some other ordinary crap? You will buy Wheaties, of course. So step one, create an emotional point of difference, a two or three word customer purchasing benefit. We've had dozens of experiences where a great CBB turns ordinary sales performance into a category leader. The second step, you must add value for the customer. In successful companies, over 80% of business comes from word of mouth or repeat business. So how much of your business comes from repeat business or word of mouth? If it's not 80%, you've got work to do or you have to face the consequences. And you can't get word of mouth by just satisfying customers. 62% of customers who are satisfied do not repurchase from the same source. Why? Because the service isn't special. You have to knock the bloody customer's socks off. They have to walk out of doing business with you saying, wow, that was fantastic. Now, this added value can be your environment, your presentation. It could be ambiance, the way you communicate. Uh, providing training or information, delivery to accommodate the customer's needs, making their financing arrangements simple, giving great follow-up service or anything else that gives the customer the wow factor. You've got to create that wow that your competitor doesn't offer. The third technique is to give awesome customer service. Customer satisfaction rates are at an all-time low. So companies that go the extra mile with their customer service are big winners. A study by PricewaterhouseCoopers showed that when it came to creating return on investment, customer service was more than twice as important as advertising and marketing and three times more important than product. The three keys to differentiating yourself are among the most critical elements in achieving success. One, creating a great customer purchasing benefit. The second, adding value to customer interaction. And thirdly, producing awesome customer service. So if you have any questions, please email me 
at bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, all of my 15 keys are expanded in a lot of detail in my book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. This is published by John Wiley and Sons, and it's out right now at your favourite bookstore. I'll give a free copy to the best three questions I get each week. After the break, I catch up with a small business owner who works from home, an inspiring and remarkable story. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. My next guest is Janice Loveland, who's at her home in Palm Springs. Janice worked with Bob and Dolores Hope. She was the executive director at the Center for Ice Skating Advancement. She was a director of the Academy of Country Music, and she's enjoyed a stellar career. Janice runs a great business from home, as do many millions of people all around the world. Now, I get emails and calls every day from people who say their business has failed because of the government, the GFC, the weather. They blame absolutely everyone except themselves. So why am I telling you this? Because Janice has diabetes, which is an insidious disease. And this has resulted in Janice having a stroke, a heart attack, her kidneys have failed, she's totally blind in one eye, 
and nearly blind in the other. And they've been progressively cutting off pieces of her toes and feet. And she's in a wheelchair. She has a braille keyboard and a huge monitor so she can make out the shapes of the icons. Janice, it is great to talk to you. Oh, Bob, it's a pleasure. I'm so excited about your new show, and congratulations. Thank can't wait to listen and learn. Thank you. With all of your challenges, why do you persevere? Why don't you just, I was going to say hang up your boots, but that's <laughs> probably not appropriate. <laughs> why don't you just retire? I'm not ready to retire, Bob. I have so much inside of me that I want to do. And I'm just not ready to stop. So I don't think about what's happened to me. I think about what I want to achieve, and I go about doing that. So what's your key to success? I mean, why do your customers love you so much when, you know, to be perfectly honest, your capabilities must be a little bit restricted? Well, first of all, they don't necessarily need to know that I'm restricted in my capabilities. And um, when you talk to me and they listen to what I have to say, it's good advice, and I'm down to earth, and they relate very well and very easily to me and what I'm, what I'm trying to help them do. Um, I think it's so important that I'm not trying to sell me. I'm trying to help them achieve the goals that they want to achieve in their business, whatever that may be. And I think that's why. So what sort of work do you do for your clients, Janice? Um, I'm still doing um, full-service marketing consulting and just try to, you know, talk to people and find out what they want to achieve, what they're doing now, um, and give them sound, good advice on, you know, the best way to go about doing that pragmatically. Um, so often businesses get started and people don't, just don't have a clue on really what they want to do. Or they do have a clue about what they want to do, but not how to reach their target market. So it's, it's essential that they learn right away to have a great name and to have it make sense, have a CPB, which is a consumer purchasing benefit. And most people don't even know about that. They just know they want to sell something, but they don't think about what the client is looking for when they're buying so that cons- that customer purchasing benefit is critical. So how- I just explained that. So how much of you how much have you had to change your business uh, and the way you do business because of the the health things that have happened to you over the past few years? Well, I've had to change the way I contact people. Um, I don't jump on airplanes anymore and fly around the world seeing people. I do it all through the Internet and my telephone, and I do my uh, own research to know um, basically who's looking for what. The Internet is a wonderful vehicle. It's absolutely fabulous, and I'm using it to the best of my knowledge and learning more and more and more about it every day. I love it. I think it's critical. One of the things I mentioned earlier in the show is that um, 90% of small businesses don't do any additional learning after the principal leaves university, and um, 95% of all small businesses fail. So I think there's a direct correlation between 90% not doing any more study or learning and 95% failing. Oh, I totally agree with that. I, I, um, 
am learning every day. I get books on tape and listen to those, listen to them at night. And I also watch television, um, different programs that I think are going to be a benefit to the business. Um, I absolutely love Gene Simmons. He's one of the most brilliant marketing people I've ever watched. He is a good marketer. He's wonderful. Yeah. And I've watched that whole series, and I learned a lot of different things that I didn't even, you know, have a a clue about the way he markets things. So I I enjoyed that. And then I also – the Internet – provides a great source of company news newsletters so you can learn a lot from that too and keep up with the times i picked up your book the other day tell me how did that come about (laughs) well the book is about women in business that was initially what i had in mind when i wrote it um but it turned into a book about overcoming obstacles and i have certainly had my share but um most, a lot of women, I won't say most, but a lot of women feel that they can only achieve so much in business and then they hit that glass ceiling which stops them from going any further just because they're a woman. And I wanted to put the message out there that that is, doesn't have to be the case. If you want something enough and you have a passion for it, then go for it. Make it happen. Janice, what does passion mean for you? Passion means different things to different people, I guess, but what does passion mean to you? To me, it's having a burning desire to do something, um, whether it, whatever it is, with, with your family or if you're passionate about people or friends or your business. It just means, you know, having such a desire to make it the best you can possibly make it. Um, it, I feel I'm a very passionate person. You're also very ballsy. I remember um, we were in Japan with a um, a major tour that we were doing, I think, for Dentsu, and we had um, 18 Olympic ice skaters, and we had Katarina Witt and Robin Cousins and a bunch of other gold medalists. And at our first meeting um, with the Japanese... Um, they kept on asking me questions. They totally ignored you as a woman and addressed everything to me. And I remember you standing up and saying, listen, I wrote this show. If you don't start talking to me, including me in all of this, and ask me questions, we are out of here. And I nearly had a heart attack because it was a big job. (laughs) So you've always stood up for yourself. Well, I do. And I was actually, you know, Really, really passionate about that because I did write the show and it meant so much to me and I wanted them to achieve the very most that they could out of it. And they weren't going to get that if they didn't deal with me. Um, I was probably a little bit, like you said, ballsy in doing that, but I think I'd probably do it again. I sat there for about 10 minutes first biting a hole in my tongue. Didn't you notice the blood draining down my cheek? <laughs> and then I thought, okay, <laughs> speak up for myself. So what advice would you give to the millions of people um, that, that are working from home and finding it really tough? Well, I think the most important thing to do is it's very competitive, very competitive. So... Know your business. Have the top knowledge that you can get about what you're trying to achieve and then be really passionate about it. Make sure you want to do what you're doing and do it well. It's very important to do it well, whatever it is. It doesn't make any difference what it is. It's all the same thing. But I also think that um, 
that if you have access to change, well, maybe look at my life. I mean, talk about change. The last four years of my life have just been horrendous uh, with my health issues, and I had to change. And I had to be willing to look at that and say, okay, how can I still love what I'm doing and do it with all these obstacles? And the way I did that was changing. I had to change. And that's so important. I think change should be looked at as an advantage and it should be looked at as an exciting thing to do. Well, business, you know, business and marketing techniques are changing so dramatically. I mean, every day there's a new trick and um, a new way to do business, and we're getting new um, research that shows you know traditional marketing doesn't work. We need to do things completely differently. So, how do you keep up with these changes? What do you do that um, keeps you up with what's happening? Well, I I love your expertise in marketing. I have learned so much from you, Bob. And I, I always read your newsletters monthly. Your monthly newsletter is a, a great benefit to me. I use it all the time <laughs> to my benefit. Can I charge you and, for that? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. I'll take you to dinner. Okay, deal. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I learn from television. You know, I, I uh, like I, I may have said, books on tape are, are great. There is a wealth of information out there on the Internet and on um, different properties that you can buy and sit and listen to tapes, you know. And of I course, think, I'm, you've done that. You yeah, have I a think, great tape series. I think learning's fun. I, I really enjoy learning. And, uh, you know, I devote a couple of hours a week to just going to libraries and looking at all the new material that's out there and what people have written. And I love it. I think it's terrific. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it enables you to do something different each time. You can't just continue to do the same old boring stuff every client. It doesn't work. That's absolutely right. You have to reinvent all the time. Yeah. So what's your final advice? We've got bit less than a minute left. So what's your final advice for that small business owner? I mean, how much time should he dedicate to learning when he's battling to pay the rent? Well, I think the first thing you do before you start a business is you know what business you're in. You have to know what business you're in. And then you get as much information and knowledge as you can about what that business is, how your client, your customers, your clients, whatever they are, are going to react to the benefits they get from doing business with you. That's so critical for them to do that, to know that. Most people just go out and you know start a business without a blueprint and are out of business in a year, just like those numbers you were quoting. Yeah. So I think Janet, that you really have to know your business. You are an absolute inspiration to um, people that have some form of disability and also to business people everywhere. Thank you very, very much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Bob. Thank you. Good luck on your show. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? 
Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's Bob at BobPritchard.com. Now, back to the show. I love inspiring stories. So I was really pleased to catch up with Lyndon Harris a little while ago at the airport in Amsterdam. Lyndon worked with me in Australia 25 years ago, and then 18 years ago arrived in New York without any contacts, without real market knowledge of the United States, or a dollar in his pocket. Now his business, Sudden Impact Entertainment, is a global force, and Linton is a multi-millionaire. Linton, it's great to speak to you. Ah, g'day, Bob. How you doing, mate? Great, uh, great to talk to you. Going, going, everything's going very well. So, going back to when you first arrived in New York with nothing, and um, you moved into Spanish Harlem. So, how did you get from nothing to where you are today? Well, the first, the first thing, uh, Bob, was a, was a clear uh, vision. You know, I left Australia, I left a career, a very successful career, uh, left the balcony at Bondi and uh, arrived in New York and had a very singularly focused idea to put a, a Halloween show on in New York. And it was that idea that I thought, you know, being the confident person I am, I'd have it up in six months. And, of course, it took two and a half years. But it was still that one singular idea and passion for that idea that got me there and, and then we opened at Madison Square Garden in October 96 and the rest is history as they say it always takes 
twice as long and costs twice as much and it's twice as hard as what you ever expect, isn't it? Absolutely. But, you know, uh, you know, how could I possibly ever replace, you know, standing out front of Madison Square Garden in New York with my mom and, uh, you know, name on the marquee and, uh, you know, just all those things. Money's irrelevant, frankly, you know, other than the experiences of what you do. And uh, yeah, you're right, but uh, wow, what a, what a feeling. One of the problems that I mentioned earlier in the program is that 89% of business owners and managers in the United States don't do any additional learning after they leave college. They don't listen to CDs, they don't read books or even go to seminars. What did you do to improve your knowledge from when you landed here with the relatively limited knowledge I guess you get in Australia to um, to where you are today with your vast repertoire of, of um, ammunition? Well, one of the key things was I made a defining decision was that, you know, I moved to America, so I thought one of the key things you had to do was trying to figure out how to become an American, not literally, but um, which I ultimately did, but um, was to say, hey, let me tell you the great things about being Australian, Australian and the great things about being American. And part of that was, uh, you know, since I failed high school, was to look around for something. And I saw in Forbes the Harvard OPM program, which was the owner-president management program, which incidentally Tyra Banks uh, just announced that she's now doing it, and Marissa has got success all around, and she's doing it. Um, and I didn't qualify to get in, so I wrote um, a proposal like you taught me how to write 25 <laughs> years ago to say, why should I, this is why I should be allowed to you know, do it. I've come to this country. I've come to this country to do business. I've signed a deal with Madison Square Garden in New York City. I want to learn how to do business in America and do it well. And so uh, I did that for three years. And uh, uh, not only did I do the course, I became a Harvard case study. And what I did became a case study. And my peers asked me to be the commencement speaker of our class. So the, the sharing of that knowledge with peers and learning and being a sponge is really critical, I think, to any of our success. From then to until now... Are you still undertaking um, any form of any form of learning? Yeah, not formal study. Other than that, I like to like uh, a great example is the project we've just signed to do, which is an ice show. I've been ice skating twice in my life. <laughs> we just signed a multi-million-dollar deal to do a world tour of Ice Age. Um, you know, because I thought it was a good idea. So therefore, it's the strength of the idea in that case. And I've just been. You know, in Amsterdam here, and uh, was at a rehearsal last night for a different show, and I'm going to myself all through that process last last night. In fact, I'm going. You know what? It's actually not about ice skating. It's about the ice. It's about the idea. It's entertainment. I know entertainment, so therefore I can learn ice skating or its application in this form. So, um, you know, that was a great example of what you just said. Yeah. What are the practical things that a, a small business? And you're a big business now, but you've been through the small business phase. And most small businesses in the United States are finding it pretty hard right now. It's very tough out there. So what are the practical things that a, a small business guy can wake up in the morning and say, I can implement this today and start turning things around? 
Well, I think it got, it's got to start with your attitude. You know, first and foremost, you've got to wake up and say, am I doing what I love? And if you can say yes with that question, well, then you're off to a good start. <laughs> then practically, I think, one, you've got to do a great job for every job you're doing. And one of the philosophies that I've always lived by was that if you're getting paid a dollar or you're getting paid a million dollars, don't let that dictate the quality of your work. Uh, and no one knows the contract, you know, a financial contract. But in our case, we have a contract with the audience. And I say to our cast and our staff, I say, listen, if a kid's raised his 10 bucks pocket money for a, or five bucks in Mexico City is, you know, 50 pesos and he's doing something, you've got a contract with that client to do a great job. If you've got a million bucks or five million bucks to do something, you're going to do a great job shouldn't be dictated by money. It should be dictated by your attitude. And I think that's a, a really practical uh, lesson to say, do a great job every job. One of the most important things that um, I learnt um, few, quite a few years ago now from a study that was done at Harvard, they said that 80% of your business, if you're in a successful company, comes from repeat business and... Um, word of mouth, referrals. So I say to, to small businesses or even big businesses, if you keep delivering more than what you promised, then the word of mouth grows and people will will follow you, come to your store or, or whatever it is. In your business, that would be critical, wouldn't it? So people would say, I went and saw um, Lara Croft and it was fantastic these are the same people they're doing the Ice Age show so I know that I can trust them to deliver me fantastic entertainment is that yeah yeah that works on, on, on maybe three or four layers one on a business to business layer we used to do a bunch of projects for the Madame to Swords group we did ten projects there's not one company or client that we've been with that we've never done a multiple of you know, projects then you've obviously, as you say, you've got the audience uh, and they, they get to an expectation. So if we're at a theme park, for example, with one of our tours, um, the theme park uh, or the clientele of that theme park know, hey, it's the guys that did Lara Croft. They've got the mummy coming or they've got prison break or whatever. Now, funnily enough, I was uh, in Amsterdam, obviously, where I am and uh, was at the show last night, the rehearsal. One of the actors came up to me and said, I worked for you. And I looked at him and I said, did you really? I said, where? He said, Las Vegas. And he did a show for us in Vegas. And, uh, and now he's doing a world tour. And I thought that was so awesome. And, uh, and he was so proud of this little show we did in Vegas. Um, and I think so, therefore, we have a contract in that case also with the actor so that they want to, you know, speak highly of you to other actors and be a great place to work. So I think all the way down the line, that contract is really important. You mentioned a minute ago that um, you've just raised $5 million, and it's a pretty tough market out there. It's, um, I have companies come to me constantly saying, you know, I've been out there beating the bushes and just cannot raise the money that I need to expand my business. So... For businesses that are listening to this show that um, may need capital, what tips can you give them about how they can raise capital? I find that most of the proposals that I see to raise capital are really quite inappropriate to what the... Um, that they're all about what the um, project needs, not about what the investor's looking for. Well, that's a really good point. I think, you know, you taught me 25 years ago about empathy selling. 
and you know which is about listening and understanding you know what the other person wants not because they already know you want money let's face it you're walking <laughs> the door you want money that's they true. already know what you want <laughs> so that, that, that question is not up for debate so <laughs> empathy stuff is is about understanding all right does this fit them and and and, and again mate you taught me this is it understand what they would want because if you're walking in there, then, um, you know, and knowing those answers, then you've got a better shot. And, and if it's strategically accurate, because you'll actually answer their questions before you go into the meeting with yourself, if you do that due diligence with yourself intellectually. And the other thing is, sorry, we had this discussion yesterday in Amsterdam about sponsorship, for example, and everyone was talking about sponsorship. I said, listen, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, all the big guys, everyone's going to them. They've got 400 proposals on the desk. Go to have a look at another list of which you might be unexpected. They never get asked for money or asked a, 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 you know, a proposal. And sometimes you can nugget, you know, find nuggets of gold in those, uh, those theories as well. I remember a few years ago we sold the uh, sponsorship of the um, Bicentennial Marathon, I think it was, and you were involved there, and we ended up selling it to a... Um, a plumbing supply company that happened to be having their 50th anniversary or something. It was the most <laughs> unlikely sponsor, but you couldn't get the Cokes and everyone else because, as you said, they are bombarded. Yeah, and, and you know, again, if you think like the client, I sold a deal. One of my favourites of all time was in Australia to the egg board. No one ever went to the egg board. They thought it was boring, and I came up with a really cool idea, and all of a sudden all these guys that sell eggs for a living were excited and animated. You know, if you can animate someone else's life and their, through their product and make it, in our case, entertaining, then it gets people excited. You know, we talked about Ice Age yesterday, and I said, let's go to the Tourism Council of... Iceland, because the country's going, everyone thinks the country's broke. There's a, what better reason to sell tourism to them right now? Absolutely. All right, we've got about 30 seconds to go. Um, the final thought, what is the most important thing you need in your mind to be successful in business? It's got to be passion. It's got to be love of what you do. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, Steve Jobs, case an example, last couple of weeks, dies. You know, got a gazillion, gazillion dollars, created great, um, you know, memories for all of us, but he's dead. So you got to love what you do. Okay, Linton, great to talk to you. Catch up with you soon for a beer and enjoy. Good on you, Bob. Thanks, mate. Bye. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network have you planned for your retirement yet if you are a public sector employee perhaps not studies have shown that employees of schools educational institutions governments nonprofits, and public safety may lack the information they need to effectively prepare for retirement for the answers you need, tune in to Lessons in Retirement, Retirement Planning for Public Sector Employees with host Jim Bishop, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's sure to pay off in your future. 
Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The straight talking, no bullshit business radio. Um, two Aussies on the same show. I'm sorry about that. It won't happen very often. But um, Linton's doing so well around the world that uh, I thought I would include him. In this segment, I'm going to talk about some gigantic marketing screw ups. Why and how they happened. Every day, marketing and advertising geniuses sit in boardrooms and create the next brilliant idea. Sometimes they're good ideas. More often than not, they're not. They're not only brilliant, some of them are just plain dumb. And I've got to confess, I've had my fair share of pretty dumb ideas too, but I'm probably not going to tell you about them. But we're all familiar with some of the real classic goofs. The translation of slogans that are great in the original language that uh, have a totally different meaning in another language are always interesting. This is where it pays to do your research. Like when Scandinavian company Electrolux launched their vacuum cleaner in the US and they used the slogan, nothing sucks like an Electrolux. Or when General Motors launched the Chevy Nova in South America and put the Nova label on thousands of cars without doing their research, later realising that Nova in Spanish means doesn't go. Not a great advertisement for a car. And launching new brands is extremely difficult. You need to create an image for the product and then attract customers from the competitors, either that or grow the market, and that's much more difficult. In reality, nine out of ten new brands fail. And many people who contact me are desperate to be first in the market with a new product. They talk about first mover advantage, and for some reason they have a misconception that if they're out there first, they're going to be successful. This is just bullshit. 
in the vast majority of cases, the company who is the latecomer into the market is almost always more successful. One of the hardest and most expensive things to do is to educate the public about a new product. More often than not, it's going to send you broke. You know, McDonald's wasn't the first, Google wasn't the first, Facebook wasn't the first. In fact, very few leading brands were first onto the market. So if you're thinking about racing a new brand onto the market so you can beat the competition, you should really think about that again. And each week, we'll look at a new idea or two that really screwed up and examine why that happened. So speaking of companies who were first into the market, Groupon was founded by Andrew Mason just a couple of years ago, offering deals of the day online, and it became a phenomenon. It was one of the fastest growing companies in history. After being open for just a short while, it knocked back a takeover bid of $6 billion from Google. Groupon was a unique idea. An email blast sent customers to the featured company attracted by a deep discount. And the company only paid for the responses that it got. So no results, no pay. 18 months after its launch, Groupon had several thousand employees and revenues of hundreds of millions of dollars. It was going gangbusters. Every coupon clipper on the planet looking for a bargain jumped on it. And despite the simple concept that things can go wrong, and despite the fact that it is a simple concept, if things can go wrong, they will if you don't do your homework thoroughly. So Groupon offered a deal for flowers for Valentine's Day from FTTD.com, but it all got screwed up and became unstuck. Groupon's offer was for a $20 discount on flowers that usually sell for 40 bucks, a 50% discount, a great deal. The ad directed customers to a special Groupon FTD website where, unfortunately, the flowers were offered at the same price, even with the Groupon discount. To make matters worse, additional shipping charges on the website meant the flowers would actually cost more. There were a heap of complaints. The flowers were poor quality and many people didn't receive them until after Valentine's Day. So although Groupon worked with FTD to get pissed off customers back on site and they offered refunds, the damage to their reputation had been done. The huge success of Groupon has led to a spate of competitors all over the world. And because the offers are totally price-driven, there's no customer loyalty, even if you do everything right. But if anything goes south, there is certainly customer disloyalty. The lessons to be learned from this? Do your homework and test, test, test. This applies to every aspect of marketing. I've seen millions of dollars lost because people haven't tested, whether it be offering a product like Groupon or evaluating your advertising effectiveness. This lack of testing is one of the reasons why 90% of all marketing today does not work. Now, we'd normally answer emails at this point in the show, but since this is my first show, I don't have any yet. So I'll use the time just to pick on Groupon a little bit more. Groupon bought a Super Bowl ad, a chance to tout that despite being a new company, they were really now in the big league. This was particularly important as they were considering a public listing. The ad featured Timothy Hutton, who you might remember was the best supporting actor 
um, won the Oscar for Ordinary People when he was just 17 and has had a fantastic career. Hutton gave a dissertation on how Tibet's culture is in jeopardy, a very noble, righteous, heartfelt appeal for help for the oppressed. However, this soon, soon turned into a hard sell pitch for the Groupon special on Tibetan fish curry. Groupon's always been quirky and they donate part of their income to causes, so to, so to some in the know, it was an obvious spoof with really good intentions. However, again, they managed to turn off a legion of people who simply thought it was in bad taste. Media reaction against them was fierce. So what can be learned from this? Groupon did what a lot of companies do. They overestimated the intelligence of their audience and their ability to understand that this was a parody. Too many times we overestimate either the intelligence of our audience or the fact that they're distracted most of the time when they're watching something. In this case, though, Groupon were lucky. The screw-up was not over a discount deal, because when it's about money, people really do get pissed off. This was just an advertisement, so it really didn't hurt them. As soon as they come back and offer another great discount, the customers will come back. The brand research company, YouGov, showed Groupon's brand buzz nearly doubled after Andrew Mason made an apology. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you have got stories about classic cock-ups, and if you do... I really would love to hear them. On future shows at this time, I will answer some of our listeners' email questions. Drop me an email on bob at bobpritchard.com. I will give the sender of each email that we read on copy on air a copy of my new book. So if I read your email, you'll get a copy of my new book. Now, I'm just going to spend a couple of seconds summing up what I've talked about in the last hour that I've spent with you. What are the key points we've covered? You must clearly differentiate yourself from your competitors. You must have a strong CPB. You must create an emotional connection with your customer. And as Linton Harris said, you must have focus and passion. In the meantime, visit my website at bobpritchard.com. Sign up to get my monthly newsletter. Drop me an email. Tweet me. Become my friend on LinkedIn. And don't forget to buy my new book. It's called... Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. It's available at your favourite bookstore. Next week, we'll also talk about how businesses can raise capital. If you are an investor, what to look for in a business opportunity. So that's it from me, Bob Pritchard. I thank you for listening to my first show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm sorry for the few goofs that I made. I couldn't get my mouth to work properly, but I'll be back at the same time next week, and I hope I do much better. And um, we've got some really interesting guests. I definitely have um, Tim Draper, the creator of um, Viral Marketing and the driving force behind Hotmail and Skype um, next week. And also a lady from London who has a fantastic product called Karma Sutra, Mary Bird, who also worked with Gene Simmons for quite a long time. So that's it. Bob Pritchard signing off. Thank you very, very much for listening. 
I really appreciate it. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.